Welcome to The Word at First Prez. Over the spring and summer, we are doing a sermon series called Philosopher Kings. The goal of this sermon series is to examine the life philosophies of members of our congregation and how those life philosophies intersect with the Bible. Our hope is that you will find that everyone has something to teach us about life, faith, love, and our relationship with God. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading today comes from Acts 20, verses 31 through 35. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to warn everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the message of his grace, a message that is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or clothing. You know for yourselves that I worked with my own hands to support myself and my companions. In all this, I have given you an example that by such work, we must support the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have two brief scripture lessons to share from you. The first from the book of Proverbs, chapter 11. Some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. And then the second one is from Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 37 and 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we all know that Alex likes to plan far ahead with his sermon series. I have to say, as a preacher who used to preach literally week to week, sometimes finishing on Friday or Saturday, uh, this takes me completely by surprise. Back in January of this year, Alex invited you to send him your life philosophies. I think we all have life philosophies, principles, or understandings that direct the way we live. In my home, I have a mirror that's kind of the shape of a stained glass window, and it says on it, as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. That's my life philosophy. It's also from Joshua. What Alex was looking for were the things that we have learned in life that have a big impact on the direction that our lives take, or the direction in which we drive our lives, on the ways we conduct ourselves and the expectations we have for our families. Alex created a sermon series called Philosopher Kings. The term philosopher king comes from the famous philosopher Plato, who says, there will be no end to the troubles of states or of humanity itself until philosophers becomes, become kings in this world, or until those we now call kings and rulers 
really and truly become philosophers. And political power and philosophy thus come into the same hands. The idea is that those who contemplate, those who think through their thoughts, their commitments, those who value and live by a philosophy are those best qualified to be leaders in this world. Now, lest you think that that rules any of us out, no. All of us can be philosophers. We all live according to a set of values or ethics that drive our thinking. People who have spent time reflecting on how they navigate life are, according to Plato, those worth following. And this is not just true of trained philosophers, but of average, ordinary people like you and like me. So this sermon series that we have embarked upon examines the life philosophy of various members of our congregation and the ways in which their philosophies intersect with scripture and with the Christian life. This morning I have the privilege of focusing on Laura Carlson's life philosophy. When Alex asked TC and I to preach as part of this sermon series, I gravitated toward Laura's philosophy. It resonated with me, and I would say that my life philosophy is similar in some ways. Laura says this about her philosophy. My philosophy of life is simple and quite common, to give more than you receive and give for the glory of God. Inspired by many places in the Bible, but Acts 20.35 resonates most with me. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul is in Miletus, Greece, when he is making this speech to his followers. He is actually speaking to the elders from the church he established in Ephesus. He has called those elders to be with him. And if you look at the map, you can, I hope, see where Miletus, Greece is and then where Ephesus is. So you see that the elders had to travel a bit. And then Paul is going to leave Greece and go to Jerusalem. For Paul, this is his final time to be seeing these elders. It's his final opportunity to talk with them. When he goes to Jerusalem, he ultimately meets his death. Paul's farewell to the elders of Ephesus focuses on the power of leaders who serve as role models. The most important role model, Paul says, is one who practices self-sacrifice and generosity. For Paul, hard work and sacrifice for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ equals generous living. Now Paul is not telling these elders to practice hard work and sacrifice for no reason at all. He is strictly focusing on for the sake of bringing the gospel forward. And then Paul offers himself as an example to these elders. 
I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my needs and those who were with me. Follow my example, Paul implores the elders of Ephesus as he gets ready to leave for Jerusalem. Remember that I built my philosophy on the words of Jesus, who calls us to give to the weak and to understand that it is always more blessed to give than to receive. Laura Carlson shares the foundation of her philosophy by telling us about her childhood. My parents and grandparents taught me that through us, God provides for those who need it. It is therefore a greater blessing to give than to receive. When I was a child, I never quite understood what they meant, especially because we were often teased by kids who viewed my family as poor. Yet my parents kept giving to others. I often thought, we don't have a lot. How are we giving it away to others? As I grew older, I better understood the meaning of give more than you receive, especially to the glory of God. When God blesses us with what we need, God invites us to give to others. Even though we didn't always have the food or clothing that others had, we had dozens of apple trees and a bountiful vegetable garden. We would barter bushels of apples for our neighbors, corn and eggs. Whatever remained, we gave to family, friends, and church. We often had enough to can for the following year. I recall thinking we gave away so much, and yet we still had enough to can. In the Gospel from Luke, we are reminded of what it means to have a generous spirit. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. This particular metaphor in this scripture always reminds me of baking, and it particularly reminds me of when I first learned how to bake. Anyone who's looked at a recipe knows that when you use brown sugar, it often says, firmly pack. That always confused me at first because it's the only ingredient that you firmly pack. But I learned that this was an important instruction because firmly packing the brown sugar into the cup measure gives you more brown sugar than if you just loosely shook it in. And it will change the taste and the texture of whatever you are baking. In God's economy, the more you give, the more you get. So you might give a cup of loosely packed sugar, but it will come, down, come back to you firmly pressed down. There will be more than you ever gave away. Shaken together, the way you shake something in a bag to make more room for other things. This is what Laura Carlson noticed when she witnessed her family giving away their excess apples and vegetables. Although they gave away a lot, they always ended up with more than enough. Laura goes on to tell 
of how she and her five brothers and sisters, plus her parents, a family of eight, lived in a two-bedroom home with one bathroom. Yet if someone from church needed a place to stay, her family always found a way to make room. God blessed us with his love, and God blessed us when we gave to others, Laura said. This is what the writer of Proverbs offers us when he says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. The life philosophy of giving more than you receive was ingrained in Laura at a young age, but she also built her adult life on this same foundation. When I began my academic career, Laura recalls, the philosophy of giving more than you receive evolved and extended beyond material items. I believe this was my parents' goal, but it took me a little longer for the epiphany. I learned it was my responsibility to use my talents to give to others who were less fortunate. My family didn't always have the financial resources that other families had, but we had numerous witnesses of God's love that created access to opportunities for success. I received a lot from God, and I wanted to give back. Laura was a tenured professor at a public university. She taught many students who struggled both financially and intellectually. She saw herself in many of these students, but she also saw that many of her students had even less than she had had as a child. Laura worked to pay for her own college, but some of her students were working to pay not only for their college education, but to help keep a roof over their family's head or food on their family's table. And many of those students didn't have the resources that Laura had access to. They didn't have the support network that Laura had always had surrounding her. They also needed academic help. In some instances, they didn't have the academic background, so they were weak in some of the fundamentals of math and reading and writing. When Laura first started her work as an assistant professor, her department had often reminded her that she needed to publish. Any of you who are familiar with academia know the mantra, publish or perish. Teaching was secondary in his opinion, but because of Laura's firm adherence to this philosophy which had provided a foundation for her from the time she was a young child, she knew that her first responsibility was to give back to these students who had entrusted her with their education. She did not put a priority on publishing. Instead, she made sure first that her students always got what they needed from her. She writes this, my passion was to inspire every student to learn, help every student realize that they could achieve success and show them compassion and respect. 
It was my responsibility to give God's love as I had already received it. Instead of taking the advice of many colleagues, I stayed true to my philosophy. Laura believes her career flourished as a result of her staying true to her philosophy. She gave without asking or expecting anything in return. She received many accolades for teaching and for the work she did publish. She even earned an early promotion and tenure at the university. Her story echoes the wisdom writer of Proverbs. One gives freely and grows all the richer. Laura's philosophy of generous living and her understanding of God's love and generosity led her to give without hesitation to her students. Laura also always felt that she received so much more than what she gave. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. Laura's philosophy and the story of her teaching is a beautiful reminder that when we put the needs of others first, we often receive far more in return. What we receive is not necessarily counted in monetary gain, but in the joy of knowing that even for just a moment, we made someone's life a little easier, a little fuller, a little richer, in Laura's situation, she worked with students who may have never received validation for their abilities. Laura was able to validate them as she listened to them. And for Laura, there was the joy of watching other people grow into their full potential. For the student, it was the newly gained confidence that comes when you know someone believes in you. Another of our church members offered a philosophy that complements Laura's philosophy on generosity. Betty Mitchell lives by the understanding that one can be rich in two different ways. We can either make a lot of money or we can have few needs. Laura talks about her family being financially poor as she grew up. I mean, consider the homes we live in today and imagine having six children and two adults in a two-bedroom home with one bath. Our children today would probably call Child Protective Services. <laughs> Yet, her family loved and supported one another, and each child in the family knew that they would always have what they need. It was a family that always had its basic needs met, a family that found great joy in following the teachings of Jesus by taking care of those in need and remembering that Jesus taught them it was more blessed to give than to receive. Laura herself, in her adult life, risked her own financial security, her own professional position, to give to her passion, to follow the teaching of Jesus by taking time with her students first and worrying about publishing 
second. In the end, it came together and everyone came out ahead. Our wisdom writer reminds us, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will be watered. Both Laura's and Betty's philosophies are firmly rooted in the teachings of Jesus, teachings that apply to all of us who strive to follow Jesus as our example. It is indeed more blessed to give than to receive, and I bet that I could ask any one of you to share a time in your life when you gave not knowing how you were going to make ends meet, or you simply gave without thinking about what was going to happen next, and yet it all worked out. When we give without hesitation, whether it be of our time or our finances or our forgiveness or our love or our lack of judgment, we will discover that it will be given back to us, full measure, pressed down, shaken, more than we ever need. May it be, be this for you as well as for me. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.